that time of year where we've had all the build-up, we've had all the excitement, we've had the preparation, we've had the clearing of the schedules, making way, and it's all over in three days. I could be talking about Christmas, but I'm probably talking about the ashes. Uh, and we're now in that same period uh, between Christmas and New Year where everyone's feeling a bit glum, a bit disorientated. Uh, and for cricket fans, it's not helped by what's just happened in Melbourne. Now, to discuss this, I'm joined by a very good friend of the show, Hugh Turberville, who has just written a really superb analysis, working out just what happened and what the current state of the England Test team is. So, uh, Hugh, discuss. Yeah, oh, well, I, I was just li- taking on board what you were saying about feeling disorientated and stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going, going to sleep at three in the morning and then waking up at lunchtime or something but um i find it refined it's a peculiar period isn't it but i did and i stayed up and watched all of it the other night all all, all uh what hour of it was it, it was absolutely it was carnage wasn't it <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't make it up did you um you know distant hopes that root and uh stokes would uh put on 200 and and, and everything was going to be a bed of roses wasn't it but no so i thought i'd um throw together uh I got the idea from a magazine I read years ago, actually, sort of what makes a good television programme. And they listed uh, the lead actor, the director, the amount of money spent on it, um, good location filming. There's sort of eight factors. It was a competition, actually. You had to uh, write in and say and list them in order. And I thought I'd list kind of what I think are the seven or eight factors as, what, as to why England have surrendered the ashes in 12 days. And uh, yeah, my temptation is always to put them put the uh, marginalisation of the Red Bull game at the top of it. And quite a few readers have sort of responded to to it, uh, saying put put you know uh, putting them in order. But um, so I thought I listed them as uh, so. The first one was uh, just how good is this Australia side? And I, mean, I think they're a really good side. Quite a few people on Twitter have. have argued with me about this and said it's an average Australia side. I don't know. I mean, I've, as I say, I wrote my book about um, Ashes tours to Australia since the war. And obviously, you know, you've got your Bradman and your Keith Miller brigade. And, you, and obviously in the, in the 90s, one of the best test sides ever, the War Brothers and, and so on. But I think this is a good side. Steve Smith, David Warner and Marlis Lavashane, a trio of truly world-class batsmen. Uh, I mean, and that the Hydra of uh, Aussie Quicks, the three of them. I mean, that is they are quality. Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, and Pat Cummings. I know they haven't actually been together much in this series, and but th- those three are, are absolute quality. And and some people re- seem to really underestimate or underrate Nathan Lyon, don't they? And and I think I used the word prolific about him the other day, and somebody, just, somebody on Twitter said, "Oh no, he's not prolific. He's taken four hundred plus." Test wickets. The guy is prolific, uh, and, and then you know they've had um, people like Alex Carey, Travis Head, Jai Rich, and Scott Boland step up. I think they're a quality side. So you know it's unlucky for England they've come up against to me an absolutely great Aussie side. My second factor was the fact that England are not a great side. Um, this is probably one of England's poorest sides since the war. I mean the fact that. They're so reliant on Joe Root, as David Gow said. He's never known an England side so reliant on Joe Root. Uh, and the other batsmen, the average, you know, the averages are there. They don't lie. The test averages are between sort of 26 and 33. 
Milan's done well. He's got a couple of 80s. But this is a poor England side. Uh, they've got one world-class all-rounder in Ben Stokes, but he's had no cricket for six months, and it shows. Uh, and James Anderson has been brilliant. Of course, he's been absolutely staggering and, and incredible over his career. He's been pretty good in this series, hasn't he? So it's not a great England side. Uh, England's English cricket's dereliction of Red Bull cricket. So the 100 gets the key slot in the calendar. Then as a fop to the counties, they get the next best slot, the blast, uh, before the 100. And already you're, you're taking up the prime bits of real estate in the English calendar. You've got August taken, you've got June, July taken. All the count, you know, county championship thrust into the margins of the, of the English calendar in, in April, May and September. And of course, that's not equipping uh, English cricketers to play test cricket in India and Australia. It's not fit for purpose, basically. Uh, COVID, it's not been the same this tour. The world's, of course, not the same, but to, to be stuck in a sort of camp and testing every day and not being able to just walk and go to Sydney Harbour or um, all these fantastic places, any restaurant you want. I mean, I don't, I'm not out there, so I don't know the full ins and outs. George will is doing a tour diary for us and hopefully you'll get a bit more insight about that. But I, I just get the feeling it's, it's a bit more cloistered, is that the word? And, a bit, and they're stuck in their rooms a bit more. So that must be sort of very... Um, Cloying for them, really. Is the head coach up to it? Well, I don't know about you guys because you're Essex lads, aren't you? And um, Chris Silverwood did a top job with your county, but uh, he's made tactical errors. I think the the thing that annoys me the most is his treatment of Jack Leach. It's been shoddy. Uh, he is the best spinner in the country. He's got a good Test record: sixty wickets at thirty. But they had him walking the, you know, carrying the drinks around for two summers. Absolutely bizarre. Not stopping him from playing for the Somerset. But, um, you know, just in, in the England camp, but not playing. Bizarre. And then Silverwood's got the, uh, the Supremo role now. So he's got the executive, the um, executive powers, a bit like Ray Illingworth had in the mid-90s. And it, and it hasn't worked, basically. They picked the wrong sides for Brisbane. They picked the wrong sides for Adelaide. My sixth factor was Joe Root. Uh, he, he's not having a good time as captain. I, I'm loath to put the theory in. His batting has been absolutely immense. And... You know, it's it's at the end of the day, it's about how players perform in the middle, isn't it? Um, yeah, he lost the plot. It was a testosterone-charged performance against India at Lords last summer. That game was there for the taking, and the bowlers lost it. Uh, his field placings are a bit dubious. His some of his selections, along with Silverwood, have, have, have been highly questionable. He bowled J Joffrey Archer into the ground. I think history will will record that. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to criticise Joe Root too much. For, I mean, he's made so many runs and everything. If he, make, if he puts the odd um, fielder in the wrong position, then surely that's counterbalanced by the, the runs he's made. Um, and selection, you know, going back to that, that, that issue, are we right by giving Silverwood all these sort of supremo powers? Ed Smith um, was a, had, a, had his critics. Bit of a Marmite man, wasn't he? But... Um, I just think you you know you need somebody a little bit independent of the of the setup. Another voice, really. I mean, it seems to me Silverwood and Root like seamers running in and bowling back of a length, and they don't have any reliance on spinners, or certainly that they feel that we don't have the spinners to play at Test level. Uh, they've they've put um, maximum faith into Josh Butler and 
Johnny Bairstow, it's it's backfired. I mean, Bairstow was brilliant at the start of his test career. Last three years, he's been very ordinary. Butler was great against Pakistan last summer with the bat, but he he's had a, a shocker of a series. And, um, you know, Adam Gilchrist was purring about Ben Folkes in India last spring. Do we not listen to these guys? These, these people are experts, you know. Uh, ben folks certainly deserves a, a run in the side now. So, yeah, and I just I just invited the readers to to put those sort of seven factors in order to rank them. But for me, I'm afraid the marginalisation of Red Bull cricket is the big factor. Excellent points. Um, let me just chuck a few devil's advocate or, or just observations of my own onto that. And um, let me just start with Jack Leach, uh, and it's a it's a fair point that he's been. I think one of the um, features of this England side and the performances is that, is that they clearly look undercooked, underprepared and not fit for any kind of a test match, let alone um, a, an Ashes tour down under. Jack Leach, it, when I see his, his treatment, and you're right, I mean, he did he, he carried drinks all last time and then thrown into the deep end over here. Um, I'm just wondering when Moeen Ali walked away from test cricket and he kind of alluded to similar kind of treatment of being in and out the side, dare I say, being messed about. Um, <clears throat> what is this whole mistrust of spin that comes from the England camp? Yeah, you're right, aren't you? Because history records that uh, Moe Nally should have been given a central contract. I think he was in Sri Lanka, wasn't he, and got COVID and had to yeah. be isolated in days. And you could just sense his frustration sort of brewing um, they, they didn't give him a central contract then they brought him back with mixed results and um, yeah well they like they like mowing don't they I mean they, they they kind of belatedly decided they liked mowing but to bring him back and if he already knew that he wasn't going to the ashes and they didn't op- they didn't ask him that he was are you going to the ashes was was curious wasn't it um they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have played him if if he wasn't going to the Ashes. Maybe to be fair, maybe he hadn't sort of decided. But as I say, I mean, Leach is sixty four at thirty one. It's it's a good record, isn't it? I, he um, he, he he got brutalised by Rishabh Pant, I think, in India, and yeah. and obviously Warner and Head took him apart at Brisbane. But apart from that, he's been pretty steady. Uh, they liked Bess for a while. But their, their treatment of him was off as well because they dropped him despite him getting something like 13 wickets and three tests. And they said he was bowling badly and bowling too many pies, which is fair enough. He was. But he was getting wickets with them. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit like Ian Botham, you know, running in the bowling a long hop and somebody swatting it to um, square leg. You know, when he got a five for a, at Melbourne, 1986-7, you know, it was like, well, I'm sorry, Ian, but we're leaving you out at Sydney because... I know you got a fiver, but it, the, you know, they were some of the wicket long hops and stuff, you know. I, I, so, yeah, Bess, Moeen, Leach, all a bit odd, wasn't it? it um, they just need to back somebody and, uh, and, and invest in them, really, yeah. And I heard somebody saying, you know, that, that somebody watches a lot of Surrey. I've seen a bit of him. Dan Moriarty might, might be the man at Surrey, but they need to pick one and, and stick with him, really. 2021 to me feels like cricket is as a game in England is at a tipping point. <clears throat> I'm not going to go into all the other issues that are going on, but I'm just going to keep on the subject of the England test team. It does seem now that there's 
this is um, where things change. We're, we're having, I've talked about this on the show before, about cricket having its rugby moment, the moment that rugby had in about 1990 when Will Carling complained about the stuffed blazers running the game. Uh, and the cricket needs to undergo a, a change of culture, uh, top to bottom. As regards the test team, is this the moment that we look at, now you've mentioned Joe but uh, Josh Butler and David Bairstow, David, I can't say that, Johnny Bairstow, um, maybe Stuart Broad, maybe Jimmy Anderson, uh, maybe Chris Silverwood. Is this a time where we just overhaul the whole thing top to bottom? Uh, let some new faces come in, let some youngsters have a prolonged go. Ben folks, let's, you know, how long has he been stood there? I think when he moved from Essex to Surrey all those years ago, it was at the request of the England hierarchy to try and better his game and get in the England test side. Um, he's been at Surrey quite a long time now and done nothing wrong in my book, even when he has been given the chance. He really needs to be given the gloves. Um, do you sort of feel like we're at, we're at the point of change? Yeah, I think we're at the point of change. I think you talked about rugby in the 1990s, but I think England's cricket in the ni back 94-5, they, they lost in Australia. And Atherton, they lost in West Indies the following winter as well. And Atherton was clearly hamstrung by the English domestic game. And in 2000, they introduced central contract. Because basically, somebody like Glenn McGrath was bowling 80% of his overs for Australia and 20% for New South Wales. Whereas people like Goff and Caddick were bowling 35% of their overs for England and the rest for their counties. So I think that's a similar thing. We, that we're going to have to look at the Red Bull structure and get more Red Bull cricket into prime summer. And I, so I see that as a, as, a, as a bigger change as I did the introduction of central contracts. But uh, yeah, and I think inevitably there will be a change of personnel now because there's no point. I thought, to be fair, Roy Burns a little bit harsh. If you look back, he got 61 and 50 in his last two tests in against India last summer. So he'd had two bad tests. And in fact, in the 30-odd, he didn't look too bad. So, I don't know. I mean, probably They'll probably get rid of him now. Um, they'll need to decide about Hasib Hamid. He looked quite good in the first two tests, didn't he? But, I don't know. Um, Milan's 34, 35. So, they, they, I mean, I suppose they'll try. They, they could well try some like Alex Lees now. He's been around a long time. It's just a question of sort of trying people and not just keep, keep playing the same players, you know, and definition sanities, keep playing the same thing and expecting different results. I think they will try somebody like Alex Lees now, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, I can see four or five, six changes in the test side in 12 months' time, maybe. I mean, poor Anderson can't go on forever, can he? Hmm. So, yeah, it could well be a very different side. But I think structurally off the field, there's going to be, have to be changes as well. And they are apparently they are they are going to have more record cricket in in midsummer. Whether that's enough or not, I don't. Do you think though, <clears throat> just quoting those stats you gave about um, Glenn McGrath, for example, um, if players are on central contracts, <clears throat> do we almost lift them out of the county setup, um, but make them play? Forget this rest of rotation thing. You know, if you are a test Red Bull player, you play as much test Red Bull cricket as possible. Um, because you look at India and Australia, 
Now, the the, the 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 criticism level at the England team is the march of the white ball game in in England, um, the, the the amount of white ball cricket that England plays, but it doesn't seem to affect India and Australia, and particularly if you look at Australia, they've just come here on the back of a T Twenty World Cup win with largely the same bunch of players that have pulled on the white shirt and played red ball in the Ashes. Why is it um, not so much of a conundrum for those countries as it is apparently for England? Cricket cyclical, and this is a, a a golden. This is a good a good generation of Aussie cricketers. Um, Pat Cummings is awesome, isn't he? I mean, in any format, um, Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark, you know, has had his periods of poor form, but he, you can see his quality, can't you? In in T Twenty or Test, he's quality, isn't he? Um, yeah, England just haven't got a very good pool of players, and in India have got a marvelous pool of players, but they've got a billion people in their country, so. <laughs> When I, I'd say I'd say that, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just at the moment, England aren't blessed with with good cricketers, with a, with a good generation. You and I are old enough to experience. I mean, with England, it's always uh, it's the hope that gets you, isn't it? And um, we've had fantastic moments of brilliance, uh, but there've also been some pits of despair. How does this? current situation rank among the England downturns that you've seen in your time covering and watching cricket? Pretty depressing, a bit like the kind of 90s, 2002, when England were getting hammered every time by Australia, home and away. And something like Ian Chappell said, the Ashes needs to go be downgraded to three test series from a five test. Um, I mean, at least we've got the consolation that England are competitive at home. But no, a bit bit sad and, and just there's real problems, you know, the, the 100, they, the ECB said we needed the 100. It's just been pushed into the, I used the expression just now, prime real estate. Uh, it's marginalised the county championship. To, you know, Red Bull cricket is just diminishing. You've got somebody like KP on Twitter saying in five years' time, there'll only be three or four test nations. Worrying, isn't it? It's worrying for the longer game and worrying for England. But also you said about we need to take people out of the county game and make them play Red Bull cricket. But I mean, they took Leach out of the county game <laughs> and <laughs> got carrying the drinks for two years, didn't they? So yeah. I don't know, really. It's a balance, isn't it? I mean, it's almost like McGrath bowled all his overs for Australia, none for his state. Goff bowled most of his overs for... Yorkshire, but not for England. Well, there's a bit of a balance now, isn't there? Somebody like Leach isn't bowling enough overs, is he? So he needs to bowl more for Somerset. Yeah. Um, they need to just look at it really carefully, get the balance right. Almost central contracts almost have gone too far now. I mean, I know COVID's a factor there. Oh, let's get Leach up from Taunton and just let him, you know, sit in the dressing room for a summer. I mean, well, so yeah, it's a balance, isn't it? Complicated by COVID. I, I admit, complicated by COVID. Yeah, I think we'd love to see county cricket as it was in the sort of late 70s, early 80s of uh, a mix of uh, top class domestic and international players playing against each other, honing their skills on the on the county circuit and uh, helping mm. all test nations. I mean, that was that was the, for me, that was the uh, the golden, uh, the golden period. Um, Those were the days, Darren, weren't they? They were the days. They were the days. Nostalgic, haven't we? But I think. <laughs> T20 changed everything, didn't it? The franchise leagues. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, just looking forward slightly uh, into 2022. Um, it should be helpful, I think, for English spirits. We've got a tour to West Indies, which is always good fun, um, and should be more a level, no disrespect to the West Indies, but it should be more competitive for England to get their teeth into with uh, some test matches and some T20s over there. Um, and then a more friendly summer schedule once the domestic season gets underway. Um, starting with the West Indies, I think we'll see a completely different England setup that goes out there um, at the end of January. Yeah, the pictures are a bit flat and benign, aren't they? Um, I hope we didn't get too frustrated. Um, no Joffrey Archer. Mark, I mean, we'll have, I suppose we'll have Wood, probably Anderson will go, won't he? Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see which way they go with the bats, batting, won't it? Or they might bring Alex Lees in, won't they? Or somebody like that now. Um, some exciting young players out there. I, the one I really like is Jack Haynes of Worcestershire. But he hasn't even made a first-class century yet. But if you watch him, he's quality. Um, so interesting to see how they go. You say they've got an easier schedule. Well, we've got New Zealand again, haven't we? So that'll be tough. Um, uh, South Africa. I mean, they've got a good top order, haven't they? Aidan Markram and people like that. So, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, but, yeah, we're not playing Australia and India. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, It'd be good. It'd be good. It's an opportunity. What are they can do about the, the captaincy? I mean, uh, I, I, I imagine Roots had enough now. Um, so who are they going to go with? I, I, I can only think they're going to go. For, in terms of people in the side, I can only think they're going to go for Stokes. I can't see who else it could be, really. And and, and that's got pitfalls, you know. Oh, massive. Put, yeah, putting pressure on him. He's got you know so much on his plate. Um, I've got this sort of weird notion in my head. They go for an outside like Sam Billings or someone, but... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, don't know. It, it's it's it it smacks to me of uh, 1981 and all that when Brearley came back to just captain the side rather than anything else. So you know, if if they want to truly think outside the box, that's probably the way they go. Uh, As to cook, why not? So you're thinking, <laughs> <laughs> He'd be different, wouldn't he? Although he was hardly. To be fair, I mean, I like Alistair, but he wasn't exactly really as captain, was he? But <laughs> you need a, you need a, you need, you need a wise old owl or something yeah, to not take any nonsense. Um, and I think that's got to be the way forward. Yeah. All right, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, many thanks for joining us, and um, urge all of our listeners and viewers to subscribe to the Cricketer Magazine, an excellent publication. Um, you've just celebrated your hundredth year, was it just recently? Yeah, hundredth birthday was last April. Uh, and then we've just had this Christmas cover out now with the Nick, wonderful Nick Newman of the Sunday Times cartoon cover, which is really funny. He's really talented. So um, interesting article in there about Mark Ball, Mark Ball, by Mark Baldwin, sort of talking about Sam Billings, the test great that never was. So just talking about what we were, we were saying. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, George DeBell writing for us now. So, yeah, looking forward to our 100th, 101st year and making it a daddy hundred. Well, it's great to see somebody getting a century and we'll put the link to the magazine and uh, urge everyone to subscribe to it. That'll all be in the bio to this video. So, uh, Hugh, many thanks. Uh, compliments of the season and uh, all the best for 2022 and look forward to dragging you up to Brentwood and sitting in the studio with us once again. Yeah, Happy New Year to all the listeners. Hugh Turberville from the Creek Term, many thanks.